Today's reading is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans used to do, living in detestable idolatry. They have surprised you that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. But this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirits. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should choose whatever, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. If another, anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised throughout Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Hi everyone. So we've talked about gates already a little bit. And could one of the younger ones tell me if they recognise these two gates and what's going on here? Hands up. I'm sure some of you must do. Yeah, go on. Okay, the gate to heaven and the gate to hell. Jesus talked about a wide gate, and he talked about a narrow gate. Let me refresh your memories about that. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, our Bible reading from 1 Peter is about this kind of idea. You can go through the the wide gate, and that's the easy road, where life is good. Or you can go through the narrow gate, where life is hard. And that's the Christian road. Now, I appreciate that nobody wants to be told, yeah, become a Christian and life will be hard. And I'm aware that some of you in the room will already find life hard enough at the moment, and the thought of it getting worse is too much to bear. Well, it's possible that this message from 1 Peter isn't necessarily for you this morning, because this isn't the Bible's last word on suffering. Jesus also said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Maybe some of you need to hear those words of Christ today. But for the rest of us, let's take note of what Peter says about the difficult way, about life being tough and being prepared for that. Verse 1 of our reading says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body... Arm yourselves with the same attitude. 
Be ready in your mind for suffering. It doesn't mean you're going to suffer all the time, but be ready for it when it comes. So let's see what our passage teaches. Here we go. I'm going to go through the wide gate. And oh, this is comfortable. And that was easy to get through that gate. So Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write a letter. And he's writing to other Christians. So they're people who have gone through the narrow gate. But before they went through the narrow gate, they were living on the wide road. He says to them, remember that life you used to live on the wide road? You're finished with that now. Verse 3, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans, that means people who don't know God, doing what the pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. A few long words there, and I know this is an all-age service. I've had to tone this down a little bit, but um, a bit confusing. What were they doing? Well, they were getting drunk at wild parties. What else were they doing? They were uh, just indulging their cravings. Ooh, hmm. They were greedy. Oops, my visual aid's fallen apart. Here we go. It's my bag of swag. They were greedy. Look at that. About making money. And uh, they had no time for God, but they had plenty of time for other things. Just uh, playing Candy Crush Saga or whatever it's called. So these are the sorts of things they were doing. And Peter says, as a Christian, you can't do that anymore. Not you can't play Candy Crush Saga. But you've got to make time for God and not give all your time to other things and not do those other things that are not appropriate for a Christian. Now, Peter says, when you choose not to do those things, you might lose some friends. Verse 4, he says to his readers, uh, your friends will be surprised that you don't go to their drunken party. Sorry about this, younger kids. I know it's... (laughs) Probably not an issue for you yet, but it might be one day. He says, they're surprised that you you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Now, funnily enough, I actually had an experience of this once, because I thought that sounds a bit drastic, doesn't it? Like, if you say, I'm not going to get drunk, thanks. People generally aren't going to heap abuse on you, but they did to me once. I was on a school trip. And we were all sitting in the minibus, sitting at the back, next to one of the cool kids, you know the type I mean. They're the party animals. They thought I was a bit boring, I think, because I was a Christian. They probably thought I was judging them as well, because I didn't do the things they did. And on this school trip, we all had to share rooms. And it turned out that I was going to share a room with this guy next to me. And he said, oh, no. I apologize in advance, actually, for what's coming up, but... I sort of gloss over it quickly. Do I have to share a room with effing Sam Williams? And then he turned to me and said, No offense. <laughs> I didn't actually take offense at the time, and I still don't now, because I knew that he found me boring. I knew he was one of the party animals, and fair enough, you know, I, I knew that that was the case. The reason I remember it is because I was amazed at how strongly he reacted to having to share a room with me. I didn't realize it was such a problem for him. 
but evidently it was. So people will heap abuse on you when you choose not to live on the wide road. Now, actually, there's a good reason why not to live on the wide road. And that is, uh, let me just read a little bit more of the letter. Peter says, they're surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. You see, what they forget is that the path actually isn't very long. And there's something at the end of it they need to prepare for. If you're a Christian... Don't make the same mistake that many people make. Don't forget that one day you'll be gone and you'll appear at the judgment seat of Christ to answer for your life. Now, it's easy to go through the broad way. That's why Jesus described the gate as wide and the path as broad. It's easy, no problem at all. But when it comes to being a Christian... You're finished with that life, and you enter the narrow way. Let me read some more of this letter. Oh, this is a bit of an uncomfortable gate to get through. A bit wonky and not very attractive. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result... They do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. So that's living for your own desires. What does it mean to live for the will of God? It's very difficult to say no to something until you know what it means to say yes. And it's in the last five verses of our reading, which I'm going to summarize in three words. Pray, love, and serve. So pray, first of all. You don't have to get down on your knees to pray, but I'm going to. You have to make a choice to pray. It doesn't just happen automatically. You have to choose to pray instead of doing something else that you could be doing. In that way, prayer is a bit like saving money, isn't it? As a kid, I saved money for all sorts of things. Lego, computer games a bit later on. A bit later on again, surfboard. But obviously, you have to not spend the money when you see something you like to save, to buy what you're saving for. And prayer is a bit like that. Prayer is giving up something that you want to do right now for the future. Because prayer is the way that we speak to God. It's the way that we connect with a kingdom that hasn't fully arrived yet. It's the way that we connect with a life to come where people shine like stars and where the streets are paved with gold, metaphorically, of course. So make sure you use that connection. And don't, don't use prayer just to ask for all the little things now, like, you know, oh, please may I have more time to play computer games because I'm bored with work. Use the time on your knees to praise God for what's coming. Praise God for that kingdom. Okay, love, love. I can stand up now, but I still want to be behind this gate. Love. This is what the Bible says about love. It says, never give up on someone. Love is patient. It says, think about how you can make others feel better. Love is kind. Be happy when others succeed. Love doesn't envy. 
Don't put others down. Don't always think about yourself. Don't take offence too easily. And lots of other things. The Bible has a lot to say about love. Good things. And serve is the last one. We've got pray, we've got love, and we've got serve. Serving is part of love. It's about putting other people's needs before your own. In uh, Peter's letter, he says what that means in practice is hospitality, adults, having someone around for a meal, kids, might be as simple as sharing your toys, something like that. And use your gifts to help others. We're very blessed in this church that a lot of people are very gifted and they do use their gift to serve others. And it's an honour to serve. We don't think of it that way. We think of it as sort of demeaning ourselves. But it's an honour to serve because you're not just serving the person you're helping. Your master is God. And he's the one who you're really serving. He's the one who will reward you. So pray, love and serve. All little ways in which the kingdom of God breaks into this world. Now obviously none of those things is actually suffering. But they might lead to a life that is more difficult than the easy road. So two gates, two paths. And really we've been thinking about the paths that lie beyond the gates. It's life when you make different decisions. This kind of life or the more difficult life. That's the path beyond the gate. But you can only get through onto the narrow road by going through the narrow gate. So I just want to make this clear because... Just in case you come away from this message thinking, okay, fine, well, I can't get drunk and live how I want to live, you know, but as long as I pray and love and serve, I'm fine. No, to pray and love and serve, you have to have gone through the gate, and then you can pray and love and serve. And the gate is Jesus and his death on the cross. Jesus, in fact, described himself as the door, the gate. You've got to come to him and trust in him And by doing that, you go through the gate. And it's narrow because that doesn't happen by accident. You have to choose to do it. So have you chosen to do it? Let me remind you what Jesus said about where these two gates lead. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Peter says in his reading, these people will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Will you be in that that small number? And a little bit of suffering now leads to an eternal kingdom of glory and joy in the life to come. And verse 7 of our reading says, the end of all things is near. So are you ready for that? Make the right choices in life. Go through the right gate and live on the right road. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, it's really easy for us to go through the wide gate and live on the broad road. Because that's the easy way. It's the way that everybody else lives. 
But Lord Jesus, help us to keep in view the kingdom and the joy you have promised us when we trust in you and when we live on the narrow road. Amen.